lights, camera, action, folks. <laughs> Murray throws. Touchdown, Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins. Quarterback draw, Murray, can he get there? Touchdown, Hello there and welcome to episode 159 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. And thankfully, this is going to be our penultimate game to talk about this season because, you know, that's it. We've got one game left to talk about after this week. We've got another loss to talk about this week, so let's get on with it, I suppose. Uh, yeah, Happy New Year. I guess it's a little bit of, um, in you know, keep the old and uh, continue on with the old. Never mind the new, because, uh, yeah, the Cardinals uh, lost again uh, in an away game 20-19 to against the Atlanta Falcons and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the tank is is really on oh yeah i forgot to put that up yeah obviously we've been new year i haven't spoken to you since last year yeah of course well yeah happy new year indeed and uh uh new year's day treat for us to watch the cardinals 6 p.m yeah well treat is (laughs) a bit of a stretch oh definitely i will say i've like um definitely you know chilled out until uh and, and now feel quite relaxed about watching the cardinals lose like this and i will say as well that this particular game really wasn't as bad as it could have been you know i i was envisioning it being a really depressing game but it was it had its moments yeah i mean it was a bad game from both teams really you know both starting different quarterbacks to the ones that we started this season with. Yeah, I think Atlanta only on their second, but obviously Arizona on their fourth. Yeah, their fourth. And, you know, there's actually a statistic about this because according to Elias, there's only been one other time in NFL history since 1950, excluding the 1987 strike season, where a team used four different starting quarterbacks in four straight games. And that was the Bills back in 2018 when they used Derek Anderson, Nathan Peterman, Matt Barkley, and then Josh Allen in consecutive games. I mean, we're pretty, well, we know of two of those names, don't we? Yeah, well, exactly. And uh, yeah, record-breaking indeed. And actually, I've, I found out as well that um, David Blau has also got the honour of, um, he, he was the, the I can't remember, I think it was like 45th or something, uh, new starting QB in this season. And that also record uh, ties a non-strike record as well, like, there's just been so many non-starting QBs or non-first-string QBs, I guess, playing full games this year. And the Cardinals have, have had about, like, 10% of them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been, like, more than an ordinate share, I guess, of that particular type of bad luck. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, any sort of inclination that they're going to go for a fifth different one starting this Sunday, but you never know, do you? Well, you know, maybe they're just looking at that record and they think maybe we'll get something out of this season. Record that nobody really wants. Just like us being 4-12, and really. Nobody wants that record. Yeah, exactly. Although we do now share it with the Denver Broncos, so uh, that's exciting. Yeah, and it also does mean we are picking, I think it's fourth at the moment in the draft order. So. Yep. Um, although with a sh- good strategic loss coming Sunday, you know we could uh, we could potentially be picking higher. Although I think that at this point we need the Broncos to 
somehow scrape together a winning game, which uh, I think that they don't want as much as we don't want it. I mean, it's the same with the Chicago Bears as well. You know, they could do with winning because that would help us greatly, but, you know, they just don't look like a team capable of winning. No. Even though Justin Fields, like, runs better than most running backs. Yeah, it's wild seeing him him do that, right? Um, But, But, yeah, yeah, you know, 19 19 to 20, I I think... um, I, we, we didn't discuss this yet. We, should, we just get straight into talking about the game because um, the you know the, in terms of Cardinals news, the only Cardinals news continues to be about JJ Watt's retirement. Yeah, and I think we spoke about that in quite enough detail last week. <laughs> yeah, to the point where we put our longest podcast out all year. I think um, just talking about that news. So um, I guess you know Cardinals head over to the East Coast uh, at a six o'clock game. A slot, obviously, they tend to not do very well. And um, big news going into the game, I guess, is that they were starting quarterback David Blau, who uh, was an unknown to me before then. I mean, he had he has had a guy. Sorry, he has started. I think it's five games in the NFL before when he was okay. a member of the Detroit Lions. Okay, I didn't I I didn't realize it was as many as 5 and you started a game or two with the Lions, but um you know, 5 is considerable experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't have too bad of a game really, you know, coming into it, you know, given that he's only been on the practice squad what like one two weeks maximum. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it was clearly going to be a, a pared down playbook, something quite simple that Blow can get to grips with quickly. But I think, you know, he came out with a decent job there. 24 uh, completions for 40 attempts over 222 yards. Um, you know, hardly uh, elite status, but did all right. Yeah, I mean, he kept the ball safe as well. Like, there was no really, like, turnover-worthy plays from him, you know, no chance of any interceptions, so... Yeah, no interceptions, in in factuality. I don't think he really fumbled it uh, at all, Um, and uh, managed to get his first NFL touchdown, I believe. Yep, he got his first NFL touchdown, so did the guy receiving the touchdown, but we'll touch on that a bit later, because chronologically it'll mess everything up if we talk about it now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Granted, there's not really any order to this podcast anymore, is there? No, no, it's all kind of fallen apart a bit, much like the Cardinals organization. Maybe we'll do a retool or a rebuild in the off-season. Yeah, that we would probably need to sack a couple of people, though, and given <laughs> yeah. there's only us two people here, you know, maybe we need to clean house. Uh, or hire somebody else, you know, some, a scriptwriter or something. Yeah, someone who could do good jokes because, you know, we just can't yeah, do no. jokes. <laughs> it's been far too long and we've run out of them. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, starting off as a as a game, uh, started off slowly with the first quarter ending at 3 nothing to Arizona. I mean, that was coming on pretty pretty good opening drive from David Blalow, you know, considering he, I think he was perfect on the drive. Yeah, I think... Um, as far as drives go, you know, he actually had a couple really impressive ones. It's just they seemed to stall out um, as he kind of got into the red zone. You know, it felt like there was very few chances to actually go for a touchdown. And instead it was, you know, well, the the stats speak for themselves because we had attempted five field goals. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the prettiest of games for the offense like in the red zone. But between the 20s, you know, they were really good, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> quite efficient. James Conner obviously uh, spearheading a lot of that, a lot of good runs from him. And as you said, you know, David Blow keeping it pretty clean um, throughout making throws. Like it was intelligent um, quarterbacking, I think you would say, you know, 
maybe not the um the best sort of i guess athletic performance but he was only ever putting the ball where only a cardinal could get it yeah i mean that did lead to some really nice catches from hollywood brown especially yeah but i think his main target in this game was rookie tight end trey mcbride yeah um i mean part of that of course is that nook was out for the game um but Trey McBride really came in and, um, you know, he's had a couple good games uh, here and there, but this was a real standout for him. Uh, the team's leading receiver, picking up nearly 80 yards uh, and just looking really strong throughout, and including getting his first NFL touchdown. Yes, but still the way goes on for the Cardinals to have a 100-yard receiver at the tight end position. Although they did, like you say, get pretty close with, I think it was 78 in total. Yeah, yeah, 78 it was. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's quite nice to see. You know, I, I really hope that uh, this is a sort of turning point or an aha moment, I guess, for, um, for Trey McBride because I could see him being really useful, especially with, uh, with Ertz getting on and getting hurt and things like that. Yeah, but it's like one of those things, like, we've obviously hoped to see more of McBride, but with the injury to it, it sort of like sped the process on, hasn't it? Like maybe we've chucked him in a bit deeper earlier than we were hoping to. Yeah, I think definitely earlier than we were hoping to. Um, and also, you know, possibly with a uh, a playbook that was adjusted for that purpose. You know, we saw obviously Ertz get injured and then maybe uh, some of the offensive plays that were using tight ends more were dialed back out of there just to maybe possibly not put so much pressure on Trey McBride. Yeah, and I mean, like we say, this was his breakout game and it also did bring him his first ever British Birdman Breakdown Player of the Game award. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think, you know, a real standout, uh, not just obviously in the receiving position, but across the team. Um, The guy looked like he was out there having fun at a certain point, which I always appreciate. And, um, you know, cracking like highlight worthy touchdown as well i mean i could see plenty of like mean potential in that one when he slid into the end zone you know because i've played videos where like he just goes sliding across like all sorts of things you know <laughs> someone would be yeah, yeah. to put that together absolutely no it's uh you know like it's good athleticism and, and good situational awareness and things like that is the exact kind of um the, the exact kind of missed opportunity i think that uh led to us having to kick so many field goals in that game you know people if they were able to have that level of um operational awareness let's say to just get an extra yard out of it or to just turn around you know not saying that it's a simple or easy thing to do um but that would have kept a few drives alive and probably won as the game so i'm glad people didn't do it in the end but uh you know these are the kind of things that make differences yeah they finished with 58 percent of the vote in the poll this afternoon so okay no, pretty convincing win. Who considering else? That it was okay. Yeah. So the other, as you really to ask, the other nominees were Jace Whitaker. He finished with one percent. Matt Prater had about ten percent. Uh, twenty-five ish percent went to David Blow. So okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the blue the blow to McBride pipeline. You know the sort of Arizona Cardinals offense that we were all anticipating at the start of the year, right? Yeah, just as everyone predicted. You know, like, especially when. We had in the second quarter, David Blau connecting with Robbie Anderson. You know, something definitely everyone thought was coming in week one. <laughs> yeah. I also, Robbie Anderson, you know, every so often I remember he's there and he just comes in and gets his one catch uh, and that's him, you know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones though. It's like, obviously, we scored the field goal to 
open the scoring, but then they answered back with a touchdown drive of their own. It's just yeah. one of those games where it was like back and forth, you know, like we had the lead for a fair while in the game, but eventually ended up losing because sadly they managed to bleed out the clock. Yeah, I think as well, you know, that a lot of the um the time the points were really quite close. It was like single points away from each other. Um through through a lot of it and uh as you said yeah they were able to to cut down the clock quite significantly i mean it wasn't a case of the game was boring and there were incidents throughout where you know teams took advantage of turnovers and we were able to do that pretty early in the game uh this is the the four and out right uh no it's the one where they had the they fumbled snap exchange between the two of them oh yeah 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 um like really good penetration through to to uh, collect that as well in great field position. Yeah, Lucky Throw 2 was the one who recovered it. Although from the celebration, you'd have thought it was Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> I think, you know, when uh, it's nice to see that passion, right? Yeah, and I mean, speaking of Simmons, we did see him used quite a bit in, like, obviously with no Buda Baker in the secondary. Mm, yeah, of course. You need somebody to drop back and take those safeties, right? Yeah, Safe so we did position. see quite a lot of Isaiah Simmons, like, deep in the defensive secondary. Which is great. Like this is part of the reason that we wanted him, right? Is like that versatility to be able to take over something like a, a role like that, and you know, no need to dip into the practice squad, no need to you know elevate people or or kick people out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he did elevate a couple of players, but none they of them did. really made much of a difference in the game. No. But yeah, that touchdown was the one that Trey McBride scored. So yeah, one play, one touchdown. Can't complain about that drive. Absolutely not. Um, although I, I will say it was really annoying. I think that was the second quarter still when they got their one play, one touchdown drive. Uh, yeah, because that was the one where Andy Lee had a punt blocked. Yeah, very sort of odd looking play, but um, it looks to me like just extremely badly blown coverage because the blocker was able to get straight through between the the uh, tackles. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty, and obviously, uncharacteristically, we see an Andy Lee mistake. But the thing is, I don't think it was an Andy Lee mistake. I think it was entirely down to the um, down to the the blown coverage. Yeah, I mean, that didn't help things. But you know, then we did also see the Tampa Bay punter make one of the best plays that never counted in this past weekend as well. I missed that highlight. Did you not see that one? Uh, basically, the I think the the blockers got through. He managed to like evade them and he punted the ball like while he was running down the sideline nice like dropped in i think it was dropped on the five yard line like a drop kick style yeah but they were able to stop it before in the end zone but i think it was also like there was a flag on the play so it never actually counted ah dreadful so file that in one of the ones who plays that never were i'm still waiting for somebody to score a drop kick in the nfl again just for the sake of it yeah i don't think anyone ever bothers attempting them anymore do they i know ben roethlisberger used to do them often you know like he'd put the ball away as a quarterback but no one else seems to do it these days it's i think it's one of those ones where it's such a low percentage play compared to pretty much everything else you can do in that situation yeah you may as well just like arm putting the ball and hope for the best basically Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like obviously we saw David Blau have a really good game. Yeah, uh, Hollywood Brown, Trey McBride, they were both making catches. But James Conner, like we say before, you know, he was arguably like the workhorse of the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, sixteen carries for seventy nine yards, as well as uh, three receptions for thirty one yards. So another over hundred yard game for James Conner, um, and just you know kept drives alive, kept you know 
things going. I think if you're getting 4.9 yards per carry, you're in a pretty good situation. Although he did suffer an injury come the end of the game. So that's something worth monitoring going into week 18. Yeah, I I think it's one of those injuries. I <clears throat> you know, a uh, a game at the end of the season when your season doesn't matter anymore and one of your stars gets a bit of a twinge, I think you you set them, right? And and you put Corey Clement out there to run seven times. I mean, there was a bit of a disappointment though going into the game for James Conner though because he was facing or he actually had the chance to at least tie a Cardinals franchise record. Oh yeah, from one of our favourite players as well. Yeah, so he did, going into this game, he had scored a touchdown in six consecutive games and in Cardinals franchise history. Only one player has ever had it in seven consecutive games. And And who would that be? That's the podcast favourite veteran running back john david crow <laughs> extreme veteran so good that it named him twice yeah yeah very good yeah like you know it's, it's a shame he wasn't able to um to match that but i think with the offense's efficiency at like even getting into the red zone never mind uh getting uh right up to touchdown range it just wasn't gonna happen for him yeah, but I mean, let's be honest, to in Jim David Crow's defense, he has lost quite a lot of these franchise records to when David Johnson was in his prime. So Yeah, very true. We've got to let him have one. It's funny to think that though, you know, that uh, prime David Johnson didn't have seven touchdown games in a row. I mean it's on it's quite weird, obviously, that Larry Fitzgerald hasn't got that, you mm, know, yeah, considering how long he was here for. Yeah, very true. I suppose the the problem with Fitz was that he had just such inconsistency in who was throwing him the ball, as it is cliched to say. Um, true. Although I suppose he did have Kurt Warner for a while, but yeah, obviously and, that never happened with them. And uh, Palmer as well, when he was playing really well, was very consistent. Yeah, I think I think post Palmer, uh, Fitz was just getting too old, and he just wasn't consistently scoring those touchdowns anyway. But yeah, in his in his prime, I'm I'm surprised he didn't do it. But yeah, it's still John David Crow's record, and we get to mention him on this podcast for the first time in what seems like forever. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I think uh, you know we mentioned him a lot before because we were playing well and uh, sort of going towards getting good records and stuff. But uh, given how we're not playing well and not heading towards good records, then I guess he's going to get mentioned less often. I feel like we definitely need a Crow jersey, though. Oh, man, that'd be sick. I wonder, yeah, how uh, how many sort of old-school Cardinals jerseys can you get? I'd find that one number he wore first, though. You know, like, we talk about him that much, and yet we're not, like, we're, we're members of his fan club, and we don't know this information. I can't remember who it was on. Who it was I mentioned at some point, but I mentioned uh, some obscure player, and I was like, oh, "I bet many people don't have uh, don't have his jersey up on the wall or whatever." Um, and I got a tweet from a podcast listener that was said, "Hey, I've got this guy's trading cards and a thing signed by him." Wow. So maybe somebody's got some good John David Crow trading cards. Do you think they had trading cards back in those days? I, maybe they're like cigarette cards or something. I think I'd have to start researching him. You know, become the Crow podcast. <laughs> we'll do an off-season special. But yeah, the Cardinals did go into the half 14-13 up, which, you know... 14-13. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously they were winning. I don't know what I was talking about. Because, yeah, Matt Prater hit the field goal, narrowed the lead, and what can you ask for? Yeah, I think, was that his big, long one? Was that the 57-yarder right before the half? No, no, it was just the bog-standard, like, 31 that he could do in his sleep, I think. Ah, yeah. 
I mean, they four for five, obviously, on the day, but a big, big old 57 yarder later in the game, I think. And yeah, as you said, going into the half, 14 13 down, it's been a close game. The Cardinals have held the lead, um, which has, you know, been uncommon this season, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things like, obviously, where everyone wanted a team to lose the game and tank out for a better draft pick. You know, everyone was going swimmingly for them. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, Cardinals come out into the third quarter and uh, regain that lead. Yeah, and also we did have the moment where J.J. Watt picked up his ten and a half sack of the season. Yeah, to go into whatever insane number of years he's now had double-digit sacks. Is it six, I think? Uh, something like that, yeah. Sixth uh, double-digit sack season, and also to sack his 49th different QB which, I mean, that's just a ridiculous record in its own, isn't it? It's so good. I mean, I don't know what the overall record for like different QBs sacked is, but um, you know, 49 overall is pretty good. And uh, I think he technically has the chance to go for number 50 uh, next week. Yeah, I mean, because if San Francisco continued to play Brock Purdy at quarterback, you know, he's got a good chance there of him being victim number 50. I mean, I would really hope, that that's the case because I would like for something to cheer for. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I, it's not like we're going to have much to cheer for, are we? Let's be honest. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to to covering that game soon. But as for JJ Watt, you know, uh, just continues the legacy and and continues the myth making. Um, for the guy, ten and a half sacks in the season, obviously already a good stat, but to have done that six times across a career, pretty impressive. Yeah, the Cardinals were able to retake the lead with another Matt Prater field goal. At one point, you know, that came after a drive which started on their own one yard line. Oh man, that was such an insane punt uh, from the Falcons, you know, just managing to get it out at, at half a yard or something like that. So, um, yeah, tough old drive. And I suppose that's something that we should talk about with um, with Blau, you know, we were, we were admonishing him for not getting into uh, the red zone that much, but he was pinned quite far back quite often. Yeah, I mean, obviously on that drive in particular, there was a really long DPI flag, which obviously health matters. Of course, yeah. But, you know, any way you can get it, right? I mean, on the play just before that, he did just miss an absolute bomb to Greg Dortch. Who, yeah, I mean, Greg Dortch had like a few other catches and stuff, but I mean, that would have been nice if that one came off. I think it was really more just on Dortch, you know, like he was maybe just a tiny sl- step too slow. Yeah. It's like it was a great pull from David Blau, but just not to be. You know, it's nice to see Dortch still being there and about, though. Yeah, I mean, he did make a, a ridiculous catch of his own, like, yeah, a yep. drive a bit later in the game. Um, it's a shame, really, that, you know, all of this. It was an impressive drive put together, and, and yet again, it stalls out, and uh, we get another big Matt Prater field goal. Yeah, he scores from 57 to make it 19-17. Um, and, and leading us into the fourth quarter, I think at this point... Uh, that yes, was in the fourth quarter, in, in, in the fourth quarter, yeah. I think at this point, obviously, people are looking at it a little bit like, oh no, I, I hope we don't you know, somehow win this. Um, but I guess, thankfully, the Falcons were able to get hold of the ball and just run the clock all the way down while getting uh, Young Hoku into position for an easy chip shot field goal. Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame to see that happen. You know, you hate to see it happen, don't you? What, the clock run down like that? Yeah. 
you know, I know. Being caught, the fa- the Falcons taking the ball completely away from the Cardinals, <laughs> you know, not giving them a chance at all to answer back. Yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's just good clock management. Like that's what you know, what what kind of should happen, I guess. But ultimately, like the defense is still there and still has the ability to stop that. I guess. I mean, he did have the chance to pick it off when Cam Cruzier Hill almost got to the ball. Yeah, but, yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. Yeah, I know. That's I, it's such mixed feelings about this, isn't it? It's like you know, a game that was within our grasp. We could have broken a, what's now a six-game losing streak, um, but we'd have just got a worse draft pick out of it. Yeah, and I mean, the Falcons ended up with the field goal kicked and um, twenty nineteen victory. Like you say, consigning the Cardinals to a six straight defeat and moving them to four and twelve on the season. Yeah, although who really cares at this point? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's a long since uh, given up cause for me, you know. Um, and uh, I think you know, seeing seeing it lost in a walk off uh, field goal, as I said, very mixed feelings. Obviously, wanted them to lose. Shame they didn't get a chance to go at it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the final game of the season being over with. I'll tell you that. I mean, it's. Another one that brings up the sort of conversation, you know, like everyone seems, at least everyone outside the organization, seems to be of the impression that the team hates Cliff Kingsbury, you know, they're quitting mm. on him. But you don't see any of that like on the field, do you? Like, because if they'd quit on him, they wouldn't still be in the game at like 2019, would they? You know, they'd no, be like 20 yeah. nothing. Like, people just wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess people are talking as well about. Guys like Nook who are, you know, listed as as out and things like that and wondering if like are they just uh are they just done with the season and they're, you know, uh not bothering to go in and stuff. But you know, people need to be cleared by doctors to be they need to be basically given a sick note to not play. And I mean as well, like DeAndre Hopkins has played with like some of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Like Yeah, absolutely. David Blau might be like a improvement on that <laughs> yeah i mean literally we saw him last week against with trace mcsorley like and how bad did you miss him yeah well exactly um so i think you know he could easily take uh david blow and we, actually you know i would quite like to see hopkins on the field with blow because i think hopkins could have made him look like a superstar you know the way he was getting it close enough to other guys and hopkins has always got that extra little bit of reach or or whatever it is that you know, stardust that it makes him able to catch these things. But then, then again, you have the same thing. It's like if you did have DeAndre Hopkins on the field, you know, it wouldn't have been 2019, would it? We may have actually no. won that game. I think very possibly, yeah. Um, but I yeah, know, uh, it was a good game, like from David Blow, you know, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't even know how, is it, obviously, he keeps saying it's Blow, but I keep saying Blow, it's Blow. I mean, as a Scottish person, it's taken me a lot of effort to not call him David Bluff. Exactly, you know, it could be anything. We could call yeah. him whatever we want, but, you know, he had a solid outing, you know. Oh, definitely. I think that this is going to, like, up his stock considerably. I don't think he's, you know, a, a starting quarterback material, but, uh, that kind of performance, if you can put that in, that's good backup levels, right? I mean, he's certainly a guy you'd think, you know, obviously Colt McCoy's getting on a bit, isn't he? Like, he's 36, 37. Mm. Yeah. You know, Trace McSorley, we've seen from him and not like what we've seen from him. Precisely, so, yeah. I think, you know, if you give me a choice just now of the kind of three backups we've got, um, based on what I've seen, and I've only seen one game from Blau, 
compared to uh, what three games from McCoy and a game from Trace McSorley, a game and a half from Trace McSorley. But I think I'd take David Blow uh, as you know QB two uh, out of that lot at the moment. Yeah, I mean at least QB three at the worst. You know, maybe there's yeah. uh, someone better out there. You know, they could get pick up. But yeah, you know, he had, he had a good game. You know, he seemed to hit his receivers, didn't turn the ball over. You know, what more can you ask for from a backup, backup, backup quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was nice to see. And, uh, you know, don't doubt that this game that we're going to talk about in a minute, the 49ers game, is going to be a much harder game to watch. But I think um, given the personnel on field and, and everything else, the Falcons game was very watchable. Yeah, it was just one of those ones where it was good enough to watch, but not a good it was a good result, but a bad result at the same time. Yeah, it's yes, just very confusing. Absolutely. I know, I know. But th- thankfully, all the confusion will be over soon. Um, what I can suggest is uh, if we put this one to bed, and then we'll have a have a chat through some fantasy football where the goods and the bads are more easily discernible. Well, yeah, because they get points for that, and you know. If yeah, you don't score enough points, you don't win fantasy games like we found out quite a lot this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you and I are very much in the Cardinals' territory of uh, no longer having any games that matter anywhere. Uh, but uh, I will say one thing, though, on, on that point, before you, like, before you say I'm completely useless at fantasy. <laughs> Go ahead. But in the league where I was on about last week where I lost out in the championship game by four points, oh, well, yeah, making yeah. it into the fantasy game. This week... I actually outscored both of the teams making it into the ah, game. Dreadful. So, like, I'm technically the champion in my own head. <laughs> Jeez, Just man. not in yeah, reality. Yeah. It's funny that. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about, um, you know, the finals week, but quite often there's just some insane scoring going on. But yeah, I mean, we saw that in the Dynasty League, didn't we, with Mike yeah. Evans going off and then Austin Eckler. And one team actually had both of them, so they ended up winning. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, congratulations to our deserving winner, Luke. Yeah, and commiserations to Dan, who in losing means I only get one draft pick back from him instead of two. (laughs) And beyond that, I think it's a shame as well, because I think Dan um, played the markets really well this year. Yeah, I mean, he's always one of the guys who, like, his team just scores really highly throughout the year. Yeah. But But then when it matters most, he just don't. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. That's that's high-tech analysis from us. High-tech, I know. Well, (laughs) Luke's now two times champion, so I guess we'll have to see how that starts to balance itself out over time. Well, yeah, I mean, he did win the first year, but then not too much in the second and third. So, you know, it's not really a dynasty as such, but... Not not quite, not quite. Um, As for the Bird Gang Bowl, obviously we've got... uh, finals week within each of the mini leagues uh but the winner of each of those will be entered into the grand uh bird gang bowl prize right yeah basically whoever wins this week goes into the bird gang bowl next week and highest score from that wins the entire thing but you know considering we are recording this on a monday and there is i'd say quite a big monday night football game to come yeah, there is. And, you know, I think there's quite a lot of games that have that are hanging in the balance, let's just say. Yeah, I mean, from the five leagues, I suppose we have got um, we've got two, which have already got a winner. But the other three are sort of in the balance, some sort of not in the balance. Yep. So Le- League One was uh, Full Wattage versus So Good at Hurts. Yep, at the moment, Full Wattage leads 112 to 92. But So Good at Hurts has... 
Stefan Diggs and T. Higgins to play, whereas for Wattage has Josh Allen to play. Oh man, that could go either way. I think twenty points buffer is uh you know pretty good there. I'd feel reasonably confident if I was full wattage, but like it could go anyway, really. Yeah, I mean it just basically need for Josh Allen to throw to anyone but Stefan Diggs. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah. you know, it's I think maybe a Josh Allen running touchdown or something like that could seal it up as well. Yeah, and obviously T. Higgins has like Jamar Chase to contend with for catches. Mm, so, yes. I mean, that's a close one, but the projections do say full wattage will stay in the lead there. So, yeah, I'm I'm feeling full wattage staying in the lead there. Like if if he had a different quarterback that wasn't Josh Allen there i think you know maybe i'd go like oh 20 points that's obviously not that safe but josh allen's been pretty uh consistent and he's cracked out some really big ones when he's not been consistent yeah so we won't call the winner on that one but whoever wins will be the league one representative in the bird round ball next week league two had mcbride and mcbrejudice and nook skywalker yeah mcbride and mcbrejudice is overcome our cursing to lead 120 to 111 but nuke skywalker does have one player left to play it's isaiah mckenzie right yeah um, so i mean if it was someone like stefan diggs or gabriel davis oh. you'd be like yeah maybe they got a chance but isaiah mckenzie i think he's like the possibly like third or fourth option on that bill's offense yeah i mean you never know like one good touchdown or um, a breakaway play with a long catch or something like that. It could happen, but um, yeah. It's... I mean, 10 points in fantasy is not much, especially PPR. You know, that's like five catches for 50 yards and there's your 10 points. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but it's as you said, he's like third on the depth chart there or third on the read. So uh, slightly tricky. But one of them will be in the Birdman Ball come next week, so... We'll yep. have to wait and see who that is. Uh, McBride of Frankenstein is currently beating Corpse McBride in League 3, 119 to 106. But uh, McCorpse Bride still has Josh Allen and Dawson Knox. Yeah, so surely they're going to get 13 points between them. I mean, it would be quite the turn up for the books if Josh Allen didn't even get 13 points, you know? I mean, I'm sure I've seen him where he's had like five or six points in a game oh, he's, you know? he's definitely done it but um you know even then if he's got five or six points that's still halfway yeah but if he's not throwing well then dawson knox has mm-hmm. no one to yeah well yeah absolutely so right. i mean i personally think it's corpse mcbride to win but you know yeah who knows in fantasy who knows yeah uh one that is known for sure is league four uh where the vigilantes have sealed up winning uh 121 yeah. to 98 yeah and they still have a player to play in, in oh. Devin singletary <laughs> oh singletary as well uh yeah so we can so insert that stop he's already dead meme here from the simpsons yeah that's a decisive win uh, on the cards there and league five if it is another one where we have a winner known already. And thankfully, both of these two are kind enough to have players playing just on Sunday. Oh, so we've got a completely finished game. We have, yes. I mean, why couldn't the other four leagues be like that? <laughs> yeah, I know, it'd just be kind to us. Yeah, so McBride and Prejudice made it into the final next week, winning okay. 149 to 131. Oh, well, that's a pretty you know significant score. I think that's the highest score of anyone yet. I mean, even the losing score is better than any of the other scores. Yeah, true. Um, so yeah, McBride and Prejudice and the Vigilantes are you know two of the five uh, p- 
people who are, who've definitely made it. Um, if you are the, the GM of either of those teams, definitely remember to send Tom your lineup for the week because uh, I've seen people lose out completely on these. Yeah, and obviously if you don't pick up your team, then I will just use whoever you've had this week. So, I mean, if they scored 149 points, maybe they'll score 149 next week and you'll win. Or maybe they won't. Maybe they won't, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's an easy thing to, to choose a squad anyway. And, uh, you know, Bird Gang Bowl uh, would be yours, potentially. Yeah. Uh, what about the NFL Pickums? How did you do? How did you fare this past week? Um, how did I fare? I mean, I've already lost, so... Uh, why don't why don't you say how you fared while I look mine up? I mean, I finished this week. Well, I say finished. I'm on nine points at the moment with the Bills to play tonight. You've had a really strong finish. That I do have ten points uh, so far with the with the Bills and Bengals to play tonight, and I've I've gone for Bills tonight as well. So yeah, I mean, I had quite a good start to mine. Like the first two, three, four, five, seven were correct well, until the Eagles good. showed up. For some reason, I picked the Cardinals as well, so I could have had eleven there. Yeah, even I picked the Falcons in that one. <laughs> um, just like the Cardinals did disappoint me one last time. Uh, and I mean, we can't pick the Week eighteen ones yet because they still haven't announced the schedule for all the Week eighteen games. Because you know, there's still a Monday night football game to go. Yeah, indeed. It, it is funny though with the uh, the fact that you can't pick them, despite the fact that. You know, it probably doesn't matter when they get when they get played. No, exactly. It's not like they're going to stop the game being played, are they? It will get played at some point. So exactly. Just let's pick the games for fuck's sake. Don't care for if some, it doesn't look right on your fancy website. For, I mean, they they will say that uh, the the Chiefs and the Jaguars games have like come up. You can pick them now, but you just can't pick anything else. I mean, they are on a Saturday though. Yeah, they are. They're they're set. Um, yeah, there we go. The uh, as I said, the pick'em race, I think you've won outright anyway. Um, but the Bird Gang Bowl, obviously, still, uh, you know, a few things up for grabs there. Yeah, and, you know, we do just only have the one game left for the Arizona Cardinals this season, and that is Week 18 against the San Francisco 49ers. Although we don't know when it's going to happen yet because, you know, scheduling for some reason. Yeah, very strange, but... Um, I'm pretty certain that it will be in the nine o'clock slot. Um, I think it would be really weird of them for other scheduling stuff to put a uh, a West Coast, a two West Coast team game on at six o'clock slot. But you never know. Maybe they need to to fill some space or something like that. But um, yeah, I suspect nine o'clock game with uh, the, the 49ers, obviously top of the NFC West, heading off to the playoffs potentially number one seed in their sights versus the Cardinals last place in the NFC West. Uh, nothing to play for, tanking for a draft spot. So I think we can you know, pretty comfortably predict what the outcome of this one will be. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco could be the number one seed. They could be the number two. They could be the number three. So yeah. they've still got something to play for, whereas the Cardinals could either be, they could lose and maybe be the number two or number three pick in the draft. So, yeah, yeah there's things to play for in some aspect, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there, there's incentive every way to uh, make it a Cardinals loss, but I guess, you know, maybe the, the thing is to make it a convincing loss. Although I think any loss against the Niners would be convincing at the moment, given Cardinals' last five 
uh, last six, a uh, big loss streak. And I think the 49ers have won their last six as well. I mean, they did have the Raiders running them pretty close yesterday. That was into overtime, right? It did, yeah. It went into overtime and that was the Raiders with a backup quarterback of their own starting the game. Wow. I mean, maybe, you know, it could uh, be like that, I suppose, but I really hope it's not. I just want the, the full thing over with, to be honest. You mean you don't want another David Blow masterclass? I mean, I I think what I would like to see would be the Niners get comfortably ahead in the first, you know, half or so, and then the Cardinals to come alive with a bit of more interesting, fun to watch football, but with no real danger of winning. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say like what's going to happen in this game because you know, like seeing the Niners have got something to play for, so they're not going to be necessarily resting guys like. I mean, possibly may rest Christian McCaffrey because you know how he's made out of like stones glass, and yeah, glass yeah. and whatever you want to call any sort of fragile material. Yeah, I I could see them resting Christian McCaffrey, but um, definitely not. Uh, there's no no point in them um, resting Brock. I don't think the the quarterback. I mean, I don't even know who their backup to him is because you know he is like the backup to the backup of the. Yeah, he's he's quite far down the depth chart behind Garoppolo and Co. Um, Trey Lance um, as well. Trey Lance, QB of yeah. the future. <laughs> but he's been playing well for them. You know, I I hope that he's playing as well as we sort of said earlier to get JJ Watt a fiftieth different quarterback uh, sacked in his career. Yeah, I think I have seen a graphic with Brock Purdy, and he's like only the second quarterback in NFL history to win three of his first games as a okay. backup. Or something yeah, like that. So there's something. It's a, the other guy's Kurt Warner, so well, he's in pretty yeah. good company there. I mean, Purdy's been just an unbelievable backup for them. They've had such good luck with their quarterbacks this year, and so far as you know, I mean, obviously it would be ideal for them if they if they just didn't have somebody injured in the first place. But like as far as backups go, they've just like had a a mine of competence. And whereas we've had Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. Yeah, and Colt put in a good game, and Trace put in you know some good plays here and there, but. Um, Brock Purdy looks like he kind of belongs there, right? He doesn't look like the the you know high end top QB, but he looks like he's fitting in with other starters and could maybe go and start a, a you know a worse team somewhere. Yeah, I mean he was Mister Irrelevant in the draft as well, yeah, so yeah. he's not irrelevant at the moment. Yeah, very cheap. <laughs> um, but we're not here to sing the 49ers' praises, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know it what we... well, because like, yeah. what have we got to talk about the Cardinals about? I, I was going to say, I don't know what we're here, f- you know, really here for anyway. Cardinals looking to finish with a 4-13 and record versus the Niners finishing 13-4. and um, You know, they've, they've had a, a dominant season, especially in the NFC West. Yeah, I mean, you do have, like, the number one defense in the league, so... Yep. Yeah. That's something at least. This is also something that would be good as well to see. You know, we, we saw the offense kind of have its moments against Atlanta when it could have, you know, looked like something. I think uh, this is going to be the testing ground to see if any of that was true or if it was just uh, Atlanta making us look good. Yeah, I mean, obviously Atlanta aren't that great of a team anyway, are they? Um, yeah, exactly. San Francisco, completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, Um San Francisco looking like, you know, sort of relatively close Super Bowl contenders. I still think the Eagles are the overall favourite at the moment, at least. I mean, I'd rather the San Francisco 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl, to be honest. Yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them choke in the playoffs and, you know, never actually make it to the Super Bowl because it I is think anyone over the San Francisco 49ers. 
It's wild how many NFC West teams have been in Super Bowls over the last like ten years or so. And that of. Yeah, exactly. You think like the Rams have been there a couple times, the Niners, uh, maybe it's not quite a decade or maybe it's a bit more than a decade since the blackout bowl in uh, in New Orleans with, with the Niners there. But, you know, Niners have been in recently, the Seahawks have been in a couple times recently, and the Cardinals, where are they? 2008? I mean, at least we could still remember it. Yeah, true, true. We were alive for it, so that's something at least... <laughs> <laughs> Unlike uh, all of Jim David Crow's time, exactly. You know, we can at least remember the time we were in a Super Bowl. But yeah, how times oh, have well. changed. One day, one day. Um, I guess the question remains to be to be seen about um, you know what does Arizona do uh, after this season? So traditionally, Black Monday, uh, the Monday when all your coaches get fired, is. Before we get on to this part, though, go on then. I got to raise another question of my own. Hit Seems me. you mentioned like the last time the Cardinals win the Super Bowl was two thousand and eight. Yeah. What podcast episode number will it be the next time we win the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, I mean, what number would it be if we started in two thousand and eight? We started doing this in what two thousand and fifteen. Uh, you know, and we're now on episode one hundred and sixty something. I mean, maybe it'll be episode. Uh, it, it, you know, it could easily be episode two hundred. You never know how quickly these things can turn around. I was going to say I was going to for the two hundred as well. Yeah, like, obviously, provided we still do the podcast when we're in the two yeah. hundreds, but what reasons do we have not to do it? Yeah, considering we get through, what, about 30 episodes a season, probably, maybe a bit less than that, um, two to three seasons away, it could happen. I, I doubt it, especially if we do go and commit to the full rebuild. If we commit to the full rebuild, it'll be in the, the 250-somethings, I would guess. I mean, as long as it starts with a two, we might be sort of right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then will we call back to this episode of episode 159 <laughs> when we talked about it? Yeah. Man. How depressing. Well, yeah, how depressing indeed. Um, well, what I was going to say there is, uh, you know, I think the more interesting thing about this game is what's going to happen after it when, when it gets to Black Monday. Um, are we going to see Cliff Kingsbury fired or not? I think prevailing winds are saying that he is going to be fired. It would almost be more of a shock if he wasn't at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's been like multiple reports out in these past couple of weeks, you know, like Michael Bidwell's not like giving him any indication whatsoever about his future, you know, either he's here or not. So yeah, it's all, everything's up in the air really, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, as amid um, the media also going completely crazy that uh, Sean Payton was at State Farm Stadium, albeit for a college game, um a college bowl game but you know he was there and people were probably hoping he could like just chain him up and leave him like keep him there forever or just until... ambush him you, you know like um in the states when you have to sign uh to pay with a credit card maybe they just like get him to sign a little credit card receipt but it turns out it's actually a coaching contract i mean there is the small but well, i'll say small possibly the big like block in the way of getting Sean Payton in anywhere head coach. What, the fact that there's potentially two other teams with a better place to go? No, just the fact that the New Orleans Saints are arguably asking for a first-round draft pick for his Mm. return for him. 
Mm, that would be quite a big thing to give up, especially if we got... Would it be a first-round draft pick this year they're asking for? I mean, we could ask for a first-round draft pick. Doesn't mean they've got to get it. Yeah, true, true. It's like when you ask for your, your boss at work for a rise, doesn't mean you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, very true, but you could always ask. Yeah, there's no harm in asking, as they say, but you know, there's asking and then there's getting two completely yeah. different things. Absolutely. It is funny to think, though, that there's a there's a good chance that we'll know a bit more about it you know, this time next week when we're recording next week, or perhaps uh, in traditional style, they will uh, break the news just after we finish recording. Yeah, I think we should probably hold off on next week's episode, you know, just maybe a couple of days, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we might we might just do that. Um, it's either that or we're going to have to record a special. Yeah, and then we'll just get laptop out for another time. Yeah, and exactly. all the recording studio setup and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's all high tech here these days. <laughs> at Bird Gang Towers. Yeah, so, I mean, should we make some predictions for this game? Uh, Do we want to make predictions other than the San Francisco win? Yeah, I think, you know, San Francisco win uh, in some convincing way. They By the time they get far enough ahead, they bench Brock, they bench anyone important, and we get to play some practice squad boys for, you know, uh, for an hour until, uh, until we peter out of our season. Have we got to put a scoreline to it? Or is um, that too depressing? It might be too depressing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Niners get to like twenty let's say thirty one, um, and the Cardinals manage to score like seventeen by the end. I'm gonna go for twenty seven nothing. Yeah, fair. I just think they might shut us down and you know, no one could complain about that because it means yeah. we are then on our way to a top four draft pick. Possibly it's a, higher, who knows? It's a lose win situation. Exactly. And, you know, what more can you ask for in this situation that we're currently in? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and who knows, maybe the new regime, if there is a new regime, may like a top four draft pick. Yeah, well, absolutely. Meanwhile, I, mean, I suppose uh, we're going to go uh, and and uh, get ready to watch the final Cardinals game of the season and then settle into some nice postseason non-Cardinals football. I mean, I'm probably done with football after this game. You know, never watch football ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's all over. There's no coming back from this. No. But, you know, we'll still be here for the podcast. You know, we've still got end of season awards to do. You know, we've got the draft coming up. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'll we'll plug that again next week, but do keep an eye out for our end of season award voting. Um, it's always interesting to see what people come up with, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it does mean a lot of extra work for me and during this week to try and figure out what the award categories are and what nominations are because some awards will be fit on the ground, I would say. Yeah, game of the year. That'll be a tricky one. I mean, there's actually like four wins, so which one of the wins was best? Yeah, none of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, that'll be us for this week, I guess. Yep, that'll do it for this week's episode of British Bird Gang Breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. And join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. My British Bird Gang merch at britishbirdgang.tml.com. And of course, if you like to listen to on the podcast, then leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. And... I suppose that'll be it for this week's episode. So, as always, thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week for episode 160, the season finale-ish, I would say. (laughs) Season finale-ish, yeah. Uh, Yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Maybe slightly later episodes than usual, just to cover Cliff, but we'll see. Yeah, until then, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.